0: This week's episode is brought to you by Michello, maker of the Seeker Slugs. This top-secret technology is finally made available to select private security firms committed to bringing peace from ghoul world tyranny. The seek-and-destroy technology is the most effective and safest weapon targeting the ghoul world scourge. Deployment is easy. Simply get invited to a private gathering of high-level system lords, chat and laugh about subjugating the humans, and casually pull out a reading tablet. When the hosts ask you what you're reading, pass the tablet along, and presto, no more Gould. It's as easy as turning a page. Our thanks to Michello for sponsoring this episode. What is it? It's your future. It's called a Stargate. Chevron Seven Lock. Welcome to Walking Through the Stargate. I'm Brent. And I'm Zach. This is episode 66, and we'll be talking about Stargate SG-1's episode, Upgrades. We are an independent podcast, and you can help us keep us independent if you... T- 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 <clears throat> I'll are you now. having fun, Brent? I uh, Well, you know, it's the rhythm. It's the motion. Uh, we're an independent co- podcast. You can help keep this thing independent uh, by finding us on Patreon. It's uh, patreon.com slash walking through the Stargate. Uh, every single dollar that you contribute to that goes directly towards Zach's computing device, which is our little goal for the foreseeable future, since that's what he needs to actually make this thing happen. Uh, sure. And it's pretty great. Uh, and you will always be able to find our content for free in the places where podcasts are, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts podcast Spotify podcasts and on podcast aggregators Um, and uh, we got ourselves a little bit of a treat uh, but before we get to the treat I will remind others that uh, if you leave in a review on Apple podcasts yep those in the know know where I'm going with this one we got one we got a review Uh, if you leave a review in Apple Podcasts, we will create a dramatic recreation just like we will a little bit later. But before we jump into that, uh, we want to give a special thanks to Douglas for joining up on Patreon. Thanks, Douglas. Uh, Everybody's support is so integral, and Douglas, your support is as well. Many, 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 many thanks. By the way, friends, if you want me to say your name you know what to do patreon.com slash walking through the stargate uh and before we jump into how people might let us know how they think about uh podcast or page podcast or whatever i don't know i'm rambling now just because i'm scrolling um we're gonna we're gonna interrupt the show a little bit uh to bring you that dramatic recreation of uh, a review so um so zach Yes. Are you uh, Are you ready for me to drop this finely produced uh, thing that is <clears throat> technically in our future? Um, you and me, we're going to record these lines, but for the listeners out there, all they're going to hear is the sweet, sweet goodness of Brent working on it for probably several hours. You ready?
1: And it'll be glorious.
0: It's going to be great. Okay, here we go. Okay, now we're talking. A good Stargate episode rewatch podcast.
1: I, I like the format. I, I like that you put each episode in the context of the time of its original air date. I, I like that the knowledge you guys bring from the other science fiction shows, I like that Brent has strong opinions. Just just too bad they aren't good opinions. Alright, line up
0: and I like that you guys rate the shows on a 7-Chevron scale. I rated all 211 or so episodes on a 5-point scale. I can't wait to see how our ratings compare. I am only a couple episodes in, but I will catch up quickly.
1: If I have to offer a little criticism, it's just that each cast is just a little too long. 30 to 35 minutes might be good.
0: Oh, and if I hear the word trope one more time, there's going to be trouble. Just saying. So, so Zach. So Brent, Yeah. Uh, so a person just listened to that and they said to themselves, I have heard the single greatest radio-ish, drama-ish thing I have ever heard in my entire life. I have to let them know. I have to let them know just how amazing this experience was. How, how might they do that, Zach?
1: Well, you have several options right there, Brent. Uh, one option is that you could email us at walkingthroughthestargate at gmail.com. That is W-A-L-K-I-N-G-T-H-R-U-G-H-T-H-E-S-T-R-G-A-T-E at gmail.com. Yep. Or Make sure you get that. Or you could follow us on Twitter at Stargate Walking and talk to us there and share how amazing this radio drama has changed your life. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and if you're a little bit scared of Twitter, which I can understand that it's, it's Twitter for those, uh, those people, you could go to Facebook because Facebook <laughs> is way, way safer. You know, it's for those grandparents out there who are looking for for pictures of cats and dogs and grandchildren. You can go to Facebook and find our Walking Through the Stargate Facebook page or the Facebook group and share your life-altering experiences of this podcast there.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yes. You can totally do those things. That's where we are. <laughs> <laughs> Facebook. Facebook is the safe place. <laughs> that's terrible. Oh my gosh. That's fantastic.
1: Ugh. Oh. Uh, Brent, one thing we, we neglected to share um, up at the top when we were talking about Patreon. Of course, you can also go to Patreon, uh, patreon.com walking slash walking through the stargate. Uh you can share your thoughts there as well. That's another place that you can reach out to oh, us. Oh yeah. That's true. Um but we also uh, we have sponsors from various places. We say thank you very much to Michello for sponsoring oh, right. this episode here. Yes. Uh, we also have a brand new form, which is on our Facebook page. Yeah. Uh, I think I pinned it to the top of our Facebook page. It should be there. Uh, tell me if I got it wrong, and then we'll get it fixed. <laughs> Um, But there should be a Google Forms there that you, yes, you, dear listener, can share your and suggest your options for who would be a good sponsor for our show. Uh, Just go up there, click on that link, and uh, type in your idea there Um, you know, make it in in universe. Make it no spoilers, preferably, uh, and uh, have fun with that. Uh, And then, uh, dear Patreon listeners, soon, yes, soon, you will be able to, as promised, vote on which of these various uh, options make it on air. Yes. So uh, look forward to that. Uh, And if you want to get in on that type of voting, please go to Patreon.com and uh, sign up.
0: Uh one thing I should also mention as well is that uh, we have some tiers and one of the tiers is the ability to force a uh, a rewatch and a recount. And uh I got to let you know friends there's currently one person who wields all the power. So if you do not want that person to have an outsized role in determining which episodes we are forced to rewatch and revisit, then uh get in on that action too so that uh so that so that your voice can be heard on that one as well.
1: Very true. Very, very true. Mhm. And so Brent. Yes. This episode we are talking about upgrades.
0: Yeah, we're talking about upgrades. Should we dig into upgrades? Yeah, let's do it.
1: Let's do it. Okay. So, the director for Upgrades is Martin Wood. This is his second of 7 episodes that he has directed this season. Mhm. Um if you like to see what, uh, if you want to know what Martin looks like, he does appear in most of the episodes he directs. And in this episode, hmm. you can see Martin, well, at least the back of his head that's covered with a beret, I believe, uh, as he helps Siler up off the stairs. Aha! So, yeah, uh, gotcha. that, that, uh One of those guys there is uh, actually uh, our director, Martin Wood. Very good. The teleplay for Upgrades is by David Rich, at -hmm. least technically, officially. This is uh, his only episode of SG-1. According to Joseph Malozzi, uh, while David Rich wrote the first draft of the script, the episode was completely rewritten like a page one rewrite by Robert C. Cooper. However, due to Writers Guild rules, whoever writes the first draft gets full credit for the episode, which is why David gets full credit uh brad wright adds to that that uh, the script that david wrote was basically unproducible like everything was way over the top and just way bigger than than what they could do on a tv show and so uh robert had to go in there and uh uh dwindle dwindle it down whittle it down for thank you for
0: anticipating my question
1: ah well good
0: I was about to ask like I kind of wonder what it would have been, what uh, the original script was, but
1: yeah well, yeah th- that's based on what I have read, and it sounds like um, you know this is sort of like what would happen if our heroes have superpowers and and I think that uh, based on what I've read, it sounds like uh, David's original script um, really took that to the nines, yeah and would have just made that unworkable on a uh, weekly uh, television show. mm mm-hmm. gotcha uh so as i mentioned before this is david rich's only sg1 credit uh according to imdb he is a writer and actor known for sg1 renegades and macgyver Uh, That said, he's got like six things on his filmography. He wrote an episode for Stargate. Mm -hmm. He wrote an episode of the series Legend in 95. He wrote Mm -hmm. two episodes of MacGyver in 87 Mm. and 91. Gotcha. And then in 1989, he wrote the movie Renegades that stars Keith Kiefer Sutherland, Lou Diamond Phillips, and Jamie Gertz. Hmm. Well, okay then. Um, So, and that's pretty much it. There might be a couple of things in there. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, I'm not certain what else he did in his uh, professional occupation life. But there you
0: go. But he did that.
1: He did that. Uh, we do have one guest actor in this uh, show to mm-hmm. note. We have Vanessa Angel, uh or Angel, or Angel. I don't know how you pronounce that. Uh, she's British. Well, then but it not. probably is Angel. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. That like, might not be her birth name. Well, yeah, um <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I was listening to the uh uh the commentary track on yeah. my DVDs for this and, and, and they mentioned her name and it didn't sound like Angel. And but I didn't oh, I see. go back and listen to the whole thing. In any case, she's British born. Uh she began her career oh. at age fourteen as a model. Yeah. Uh, incidentally she plays Anise niece in Freya, just so you're aware. Yes. She didn't actually mean. Um, She appeared in lots of magazines like Vogue and Cosmopolitan. Uh, She began acting in 1985 when she was chosen by director John Landis to play a Russian spy in Spies Like Us. Mm -hmm. Uh, She was in other movies early on, uh, such as King of New York in 90, Sleep With Me in 94, Kingpin in 96, she was also on the TV show Weird Science, running from 94 to 98, mm-hmm. and that's where she met her husband, Rick Otto, while she was working on that show. Uh, she's got quite an extensive filmography that continues throughout uh, through this day today, at least in 2020, uh, so you can see her all over the place. Uh, a little tidbit about her, she was apparently originally uh, cast for the title role in Xena Warrior Princess. However, due to an illness, she was not able to fly down to New Zealand to start work on the role, and so they had to find a replacement quickly who lived in New Zealand, and therefore Lucy Lawless was selected for that. Aha! So, we can thank uh, Vanessa here for uh, Lucy's performances in Xena.
0: So, yes. So, thank you for that. Uh, I also went and did a little bit of web research, and indeed... uh, Vanessa Madeline Angel, Angel. at least, at least. Well, I mean, I didn't. Let me rephrase that. These are the letters on the page. However, that is her birth name. That is not a stage name. So yeah. So it could very well be, you know, Vanessa Madeline Angel.
1: It it could be. I'm gonna go with Angel. Yeah, it's easier. Easier. (laughs) Uh, If you know definitively how to pronounce her name, please let us know. That'd be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh. So Brent, the original air date for yeah. upgrades was July 14, 2000. Mm-hmm. Number one on... Oh my gosh, I had already graduated college by the time this aired. Ah! Hey! hey. Congratulations, uh, Zach! I mean, to be fair, it's been at least a few episodes ba, since then. I just It ba, just hit da, me now. Da, da, okay. Da, anyway. Da, 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 da. <clears> Carrying on. on. All right, so number one on the charts on July 14, 2000 in the U.S. was Everything You Want by Vertical Horizon.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I know that song.
1: Unsurprisingly, I do not.
0: Okay, well, okay, it'll be in the background, but I see it on our notes that we got another one that I also remember.
1: Yep, and I don't recognize that one either. In the U.K., (laughs) They were listening to Breathless by Coors. (laughs) At the very least, uh, I don't recognize it by the name. You know, there's a lot of songs that I recognize if I heard them. Yeah. um, But I don't know their names. Oh,
0: man. Speaking of. So, last week, right, I was having fun with the editing uh, with the Real Slim Shady. And then after posting it, I realized that the volume editing that I had done did not track with the audio itself. So, it was all kind of screwy and I haven't fixed it yet. So... Those of you who listened to the uh, episode and are like, wow, that audio is a little wonky. Yes. Yes, the volume is a little wonky. But this time, this time, Zach, I will not screw up the audio on this one. So uh, I'm going to, since I know what the song is, uh, I'm not going to tell you anything about it. But I'm going to let you read through the box office in a style that you think will correlate to Breathless by the Coors. Okay, here we go. go.
1: (laughs) <laughs> number one in the box office was X-Men. It was new. Scary was number two. And number three is The Perfect Storm. The Patriot and the Kid round out the top five. Oh, I feel
0: like I just ran a marathon. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> You'll have to find out. <laughs> I will. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fun. Good time. Uh, I'm I now feeling a little bit lightheaded. <laughs> oh, I imagine. Yeah, there was there was a, there was there was there was a good amount of acting that you just did there just now. Yeah, involving uh, a, the the expulsion of air out of your lungs. I imagine that you're In, lightheaded.
1: Indeed, indeed. Okay, so. Like I said, this episode aired on July 14th in 2000. Mm -hmm. So what was happening around this time? On the 10th, just a couple of days before this episode aired, Coldplay releases their debut album, Parachutes.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh,
1: On July 15th, one day after this episode airs, uh, the world record rugby attendance of 108,874 people see New Zealand beat Australia 39 to 35 mm. in Tri-Nations match at Stadium Australia, Sydney. Uh, hmm. Yep. There you go. Sports ball. Sports ball. And I know very little about rugby.
0: Um, it's well, like, apparently, apparently, Zach. Yeah. Just reading your notes here. Five tries each with Andrew uh, Merton's. Andrew Merton's goal kicking goal kicking for six make, making the difference apparently.
1: Apparently. Uh, many of those words means, I kind of yeah.
0: sort of know.
1: I uh, sort You know. know, I recognize all of those words. The oh, each of I those think words makes sense.
0: <clears throat> yeah, like basically what they said is you know, so I'll I'll translate it into football, I think. Five touchdowns each with Andrew Merton's uh field goals for six points making the difference. Sure. Sure.
1: Uh, and those Which of you who understand more rugby more. better, please uh, enlighten us, because we're yeah. uh, not knowledgeable on that subject. Nope. Uh, also, be, but
0: yeah, well, failed. went to a yeah, cricket match it. once. That was fun. Ooh. Were yeah. there crickets? No. Uh, well, maybe. I didn't see any. No. Oh. there were, But there were cricketers. I saw many of those.
1: Ah, well, you know, the, the cricketers in cricket costumes.
0: That now, would That funny. would be something. That would be something. <laughs> What else happened on this day there, Uh, Zach? uh,
1: On July 16th, one day after this world record rugby attendance uh, game, match, whatever it is, uh, Garfield cartoonist Jim Davis at 54 weds Jill Davis. Presumably she was Jill Davis after they got married and not before, but I don't know that for a fact. You know, could be both. Could be both.
0: Congratulations, Jim and Jill. All right.
1: So... Uh, we do have a couple of trivia facts for this episode.
0: Sure. Yes. Uh,
1: so they went to the bar. Uh, incidentally, the bar scene is there because Brad Wright, the creator of the show, wanted a bar fight. He thought <laughs> a bar fight would be cool. Give me a bar fight. And Robert's like, uh, okay.
0: Give me so, a bar fight. Okay.
1: So there you go. Uh, uh-huh. Now, while they were at the bar, Amanda Tapping, uh, you see her... Uh, performing a pool trick shot where she hits a ball and like, they all go in four different directions. Yeah. Uh, she actually did that shot herself. Um, appa- they, they had like a stunt double who would, would be prepared to do that for her, but they gotcha. didn't need to. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and and uh, Martin Wood, the directors, bet her during the rehearsals, I bet you $100 you can't do it. She's like, okay, and she sinks it. And then ah, for the ah. actual shot... Uh, he's like, I bet you another $100 that you won't sink this. And she goes, boom, and sinks them again for the actual shot. That's all Amanda tapping, and she's now $200 to. richer.
0: So that right there alone might warrant a rewatch on my part just to see her reaction after she sinks it, right, on camera, right? right? Like, you know, I mean, I, I do recall that she did have a bit of a smug look on her face as money was being plopped out on the side, but like she probably was keeping it together in a pretty meaningful way. Yeah. Having just very yep. pridefully took it. But then on the other hand, I mean, I guess I didn't really, I it didn't click. Boy, I was kind of all right, a little bit of a spoiler. I was kind of into this episode. Obviously Amanda tapping sunk that pool shot because it's captured right there. But on the other hand, like I was watching it and it was just like, yeah, of course she sunk a trick pool shot, you know, um, Samantha Carter is like you know super enhanced right now, as opposed to me thinking to myself, wait a minute, I just saw an actor perform a pool trick shot like that was pretty good, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like that, I just didn't have that connection, which that bodes well. That yeah, bodes well, well, yeah, just tell you.
1: Um, Martin also made the comment during the commentary here that uh, during that shot, uh, he he is kind of angry at himself because he didn't get the camera angles right because. In in the shot that we see on screen, uh, you see at least two of the balls going, but you I don't yes, know, if but you don't see, see all the other of one. them, right? Uh, and yet, all four of them actually did go into the appropriate pockets that they were supposed oh, to. Oh, you're kidding! And and he didn't have the right angle to get all of that, and he kicks himself on that because yeah.
0: I I agree. Um, you know, but not in a not in a curse you kind of a way, but more like a yep, that would have been good to get on camera.
1: Uh, yep. Uh, moving on. Yes. The alien device has words written on them. It says, with great power comes great responsibility, which mm-hmm. is, of course, the great line from Spider-Man. Right. As uh, Ben says that to, to his uh, nephew. Uh, when you have great power, you have great responsibility. And so right. that's kind of a nice little uh, uh, nod to, to that.
0: Yeah, I kind of... It felt a little distracting. But I won't okay. bog us down too much.
1: We'll we'll talk more about that. Yeah. Also, um, when they're running through the the uh, battleship and they're running into a force field, yeah. Um, to get that effect, in, in partly um, they actually strung uh, cling wrap over you know ac- across the oh. uh, the the hallway, yeah. and so if you watch carefully, you can actually see. As as O'Neill runs and he hits that and he falls back, you can actually see his nose get crunched. Yeah, because he's literally running into Saran Wrap
0: right there. Good job, good job. I mean, again, wow. I was into this episode, Zach. I did not think about that production moment. I did notice Ah. his face getting squished, and I didn't think for a second of like how they got that effect.
1: Yeah. Well, it was it was a practical effect. Yeah. Um, In other uh, effects. Um when they're zipping through the uh the the field and uh you know, knocking out all of the uh Oh yeah. Uh, a lot of those stunt doubles were actually on some kind of uh, uh spring launcher yes. that would toss them back and then uh if you look carefully you can actually see where they painted those spring launchers out oh. uh on the, on the the screen. Sure. Um you know, it, it they they did the best they could with the time they had. And it actually still looks pretty good. But if you know what you're looking for, you can see you it. You can
0: spot it. Yeah, I yeah. did not. So, good on them.
1: Yep. Um, and then, finally, uh, as we look at this uh, episode in other languages, we call it, in French, a hazardous experimentation. Mm-hmm. Italian, they call it strengthening.
0: <laughs> yep. <laughs>
1: The Spanish calls this episode transformations. The yes. Czech call it <laughs> Atonique Legacy. <laughs> yeah. The Hungarians <laughs> follow the English and call it upgrades.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah, good.
1: The Germans oh, yeah. call what it, is it Das Vermechtnis der Ataniker, The legacy of the Ataniques, okay. And the Russians call it the upgraded ones. <laughs>
0: <laughs> nice. So this one is hard to uh, the, the the connection or the connotation is is difficult to translate. Apparently, Interesting. yeah.
1: Well, I, I mean, I think with all of these, they're, they're going from for a different angle. So rather than just upgrades, um, you know, they're the they're connecting to the the Atonique legacies, you know, right. that, that stuff and and some of the other stuff. But uh, it's all over the map uh, in this one. Yeah, sure um, is. I wish I knew more about. Um, how they go about making those decisions. Yeah. Uh, What is it about the word upgrades? Because French and Italian and Spanish and German have a word upgrade.
0: Yes. Well.
1: Um, But what is it about that word? Uh, I presume that they
0: do. You know, you say it, but they might have a concept that, of course, means precisely what we're talking about. But the word upgrade might not actually be be in other languages. They might have a phrase or something. Sure. You know what I mean. Like they might have something.
1: Well, and 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 that's the question I'm getting at. Yeah, is, yeah, yeah. Is what is it about this that that uh, causes them? The French, for instance, to say, "Well, we're not going to call this upgrades in French. Uh, we're going to call it hazardous experimentation." Right. Um, yeah. which uh, gives up actually a lot more about what's happening in the episode than just simply upgrades. Um, true. So I don't know. Yeah, just just a curiosity. Super thing interesting. Agreed. All right. Well, we are 26 minutes into our recording. Yeah, we're uh, It probably won't be quite that because, you know, you've got some editing to do in there. But uh, <laughs> we have been told that 30 to 35 minutes is the ideal length. <clears throat> okay, five minutes. Let's go. Uh, all right, here we go. The synopsis. The gate spins, the team congregates,
0: <laughs> the toker... Com- oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry, sorry, reviewer. Um, you're a few episodes in, but I got to tell you a little secret. Uh, by the time you get here, you're going to realize two things. First off, it gets longer. And secondly, we use the word trope a lot.
1: <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I think that was Nick. Uh, I apologize, Nick, for that. Um, I, I, I will say that when we were first envisioning this podcast and kind of imagining it, we thought we would try to keep everything up to 38 minutes exactly because that's the length of the wormhole. Um, right. And then we dropped that real quick because oh we couldn't
0: do it. <laughs> we, like, we like hearing ourselves talk too much. So Yeah.
1: Speaking right. of hearing ourselves it, talk. Here is the synopsis. Yeah. The gate spins. The team congregates. The Tok'ra are coming. coming for some unknown reason. Jack gets annoyed. The gate opens. Jack looks up as the Tok'ra come through. Both Daniel and Jack are left speechless as Anise walks down the ramp. Anise, it means noble strength. Daniel, it means God is my judge. Jack, it means... So, uh, what's in the box? (laughs) In the box is not something scary, but just three alien armbands. Anise discovered these during one of her archaeological endeavors on some strange planet somewhere. They are from a race called the Ataniks. They are supposed to give the wearer superhuman abilities, but they do not work on the Tok'ra. Anise hopes that the SG-1 would be guinea pigs in her experiment. Since the bands don't work on the Tok'ra, they probably won't work on Teal'c either, but Jack, Sam, and Daniel all agree to this experiment. They start with Jack. Nothing happens at first with the armband, but soon he discovers that he can move super fast as he and Teal'c spar in the boxing ring. With Jack progressing well, Sam and Daniel each receive their armbands. Sam gets super excited because she can write a 1,000 page paper on wormhole physics. Daniel gets super excited because he can read really fast. Jack is just happy that he can beat Teal'c in a fight but with this great power comes great responsibility and unfortunately the armbands also affect their ability to make rational decisions and they are super super hungry super hungry general Hammond and dr frazier try desperately to manage the lead team's decision making to little effect and Fraser is especially perturbed with a niece, who seems to be more interested in her data than in the welfare of her subjects. Jack desperately wants to go through the gate and kick some gold, butt. Hammond doesn't think that wise. And when Jack accidentally knocks Siler down the stairs, SG-1 sans Tielk are ordered to stay on the base and in a guarded room. Then a major case of the munchies hits them... And they decide to sneak out of the base for some steaks at O'Malley's. They eat steak. A lot of steak. They hustle some pool players. They get into a bar fight. And they get sent back to the base. As the experiment goes on, Anise brings forth a proposal from the Tok'ra High Council to use SG-1's new abilities to destroy a new type of battleship that Apophis is constructing. The Tok'ra have failed to sabotage the ship already, but with... SG-1's new skills, they should be able to do it without any problems. Hammond recognizes when he's being played and refuses to send his people into danger. Despite orders from Hammond to stand down, SG-1 study the battleship's schematics anyway. They can't help but take things into their own super-speed hands. They decide to take on the mission against orders. With a plan to cause a coolant leak resulting in an overheated engine, the three speed through the base through the wormhole to Apophis's battleship-building planet. Teal'c attempts to stop them in the embarkation room, but they leave him behind. Not long after their departure, Dr. Fraser discovers that antibodies are building up in SG-1's immune systems, counteracting the virus, creating all these physiological changes. Soon the armbands will come off on their own, and SG-1 will be left defenseless deep in enemy territory. Hammond sends Teal'c to assist them. Arriving on PX nine seven five seven where the battleship is, SG one take out all the Jaffa guarding the Stargate at super speed and without any problems. At the facility, they take out some more Jaffa guards. They see some weapons grade Nakwita. Jackson goes for the Aquita while Carter and O'Neill continue on to the cool to the coolant system. Super Speed gets them through the force fields barring their way, and with a little C4 and a five-minute countdown, they turn around to make their escape. The three meet back up, but Daniel seems a bit tired. He collapses as the armband releases his arm and falls off. Jack and Sam attempt to help him, but are accosted by more Jaffa troops! Fortunately, Teal'c arrives just in time to neutralize the Jaffa with a blast from his Zat gun. More Jaffa are coming. Teal takes Daniel back to the facility entrance while Jack and Sam take on the Jaffa. More force fields come up. Jack is able to speed through it, but Sam is not. She smashes, it, smashes into the shield, collapses, and her armband falls off. Jack turns around and tries to get back to her, but he too smashes into the shield and collapses, losing his armband as well. The tension is mounting. Sam is trapped. Jack won't leave her. The Jaffa are coming. The C4 is about to explode. Go save yourself, she says. I won't leave you, says Jack. The C4 goes boom, and the shields go down. Yay! The two take off down the hall, leaving the armbands and the Naquita behind. Finally, they meet up with Daniel and Teal'c at the entrance. Reunited near the facility entrance, the team quickly heads for the Stargate before the power core explodes and takes out everything. On the path back to the Stargate, the group is ambushed by a couple of Jaffa, and since they can't hit the broadside of a barn, Tilk is given the space to stand upright and in full view of the Jaffa and calmly hit them both with a Zat Blast apiece. As they approach the gate, Jack, Sam, and Daniel stop, exhausted. Tilk, Barrels head toward the DHD stuns a Jaffa that has just begun to regain consciousness and then dials Earth. With the gate open, the team runs through, narrowly avoiding any collateral damage as Apophis's new ship explodes! Safely in the embarkation room, Jack, Sam, and Daniel apologize profusely and are relieved when Hammond foregoes any court martial charges. Teal'c, on the other hand, has no need to apologize. He was following orders. <laughs> The end. The end. So I would like to just point out here that mm-hmm. early on in my synopsis here, the term Naquita was auto-corrected to Aqua Day. Yes. And it almost threw me for a major loop there. <laughs>
0: they go for the Aqua Day. <laughs> All well right. done. Well done.
1: So, Brent. Yes. Upgrades. Mm-hmm. What'd you think?
0: So uh, this, uh, as I was sort of mentioning before, I was really getting engrossed in the story such that I was not noticing how they were producing it, which is a good sign, right? I like getting wrapped up in the thing and having a good time and going for a ride. And that absolutely happened here. Um, the uh, The slight humor aspect of it was welcome. The silliness of it was was enjoyable for the most part. Um, seeing Siler get hurt wasn't... was not the f- best but on the other hand I you know it's like yep yep Jack doesn't know what he's doing uh the bar scene you know going to O'Malley's was kind of fun you know the ordering scene was good I le- I it wasn't good it was just silly and I liked it and I laughed um uh the moment there where uh, it was kind of supposed that the Tokra had it in their minds all along to basically hoodwink uh the SGC into performing this little uh, espionage that moment I think should have hit harder. And or landed better or something. Um, that's kind of a big deal. And I'm not sure if it mattered a whole lot. I mean, granted, people were not exactly like friends with uh Anise. No, not Anise. Right? Anise? Anise? um Yes. They weren't they weren't really friends with her at the end there. I mean, but uh, you know, don't say anything, Zach, but like I better see a chilling of the relationship between the SGC and the Tokra. Uh, Otherwise, this is going to kind of pass over a little bit, a little bit dully or maybe not with as much oomph as it should, because that's that's kind of a big deal. Um, But guess what, Zach? We get to we get to bag on my favorite thing to bag on. There's this bad guy in the show, and his name is Apophis, and it sure seems that every single time he tries to get those pesky humans, all that takes is a little bit of C4, and the whole plan goes <laughs> to poop. Like, <laughs> I get it. They blew up a coolant plant. You know, like, I, I understand. Hey, look, they just they, they, they managed to see this one vulnerability, and they exploit it, but I got to tell you, This guy is gunning for worst bad guy of the year award because every time that he comes onto the scene, it's like the stormtroopers, which can't, you know, I mean, like it's, it's his Jaffa can't shoot. His systems, granted, in this case, those shields were meaningful. The only way you could get through it was with the super speed thing. So who could have seen that coming? Fine. Right. But for real, like he is not a threat. I understand that the show keeps saying he's a threat. He's going to get more threatening. Look, he's building a big giant ship. It's going to be the worst. And then 30 minutes later, it's completely blowing up. And you know, like he's got to feel so frustrated. Poor Apophis. He must feel so frustrated. Oh, we could have had a better bad guy, Zach. I'm just saying, um, well. but <clears throat> yeah. So this, uh, this whole situation, the whole episode, fun time, had a good time with it. Laughed, I had some exciting moments, got to see uh, SG-1 totally just take it to the ghouls, exactly as I was hoping I would see. Uh, so it was, you know, it was a good ride. Uh, I didn't really see anything about it that was particularly like, oh, <sighs> nothing in it felt I don't know, heavy is kind of the wrong word, but close enough. You know, there was no meaty question in this one. There was a little bit of a moment where it was like, don't do drugs, kids, because these things are acting like a drug and you make silly decisions when you're doing drugs. So don't do drugs, kids. Um, (laughs) But that was about it. That was about the most moral thing of it. You know, maybe the other one was don't fool your friends, kids. If you're trying to get your friends to do something, don't try to pull pull the wool over their eyes. But, you know, we'll see on that one. So, yeah, I mean, I don't really have a ton to say at the moment. We'll probably have a lot to say, you and me, as we go back and forth. But um, what about you? What do you think?
1: You know, I enjoy this episode. Uh, it it doesn't have the... Like you mentioned, it doesn't have the, the meaty, uh, philosophical, moral quandaries that we got in The Other Side. Yeah. Um. You know, but uh, it does... Uh, It continues the storyline, whether you like Apophis or not, it continues uh, there, there. it it builds upon that, Uh, he's got the technology to build uh, bigger and better and faster and awesomer ships, Uh, and if he is as big and as bad as as we would uh, assume, then uh, this probably is not the only ship out there that's being built, Uh, we don't know that for sure. you're right. It's really, really easy to, you know, super speed through there. Mm-hmm. Uh, who could have foreseen super speed uh, uh, adversaries for him? Because certainly there were enough Jaffa guarding that gate that if anybody were to come through that gate, they would get mowed down real quick before they got anywhere near his the precious starship. True. Um, you know, we get to meet the Tok'ra again. And uh, the Tok'ra, I, I, I like the Tok'ra. Um, as as a foil for the sGC and for our mm. heroes mm-hmm. um you know some of the tokra I actually like others of the tokra I don't much mm-hmm. like uh incidentally we will see Anise and Freya again uh, mm. this is not the okay. last time we see her um uh we'll see her at least a couple more times um you know so you know I, I like that uh the The relationship between especially Jack and the chokra develop here uh you know you see him get annoyed uh with them early on mm-hmm. um uh you know that 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 uh is maintained that that continues on We'll mm-hmm. see more of that moving forward um so um you know there there's a lot of fun pieces in this, and you know it's just a fun romp to see. Uh, the the characters go about this. Uh, I like their slow descent into madness. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I really really enjoy the scene uh, when O'Neill is talking to um, Hammond in his office, and he's like, "Oh yeah, shouldn't we be out there kicking some gould butt? Uh, you know, uh, just just say the word, and we're
0: ready. <laughs> just say it.
1: Just say it. <laughs> Get out." <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was a good scene. I like that scene
1: you know um, th- there were uh a-, a lot of just good good moments um like that throughout that uh yeah this was a f- you know, this was so fun t- you know uh, yeah uh so I, you're right i i don't have a lot to to say about this episode uh it does a lot of what we would expect uh, what I was hope- would hope for an episode here, it, it uh, reintroduces one of our new uh, allies, one of our allies, the Tok'ra. Mm-hmm. Uh, we still have a relationship with them. Um, but uh, now at this episode here, we realize that, wait a second, maybe the Tok'ra's plans for the humans on Earth isn't as good as... Uh, we would like it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe there is some added complexities there. That's certainly what we get from this episode here. Right. Um, you're right. It didn't quite land as, as hard as it could have there. Um, but, uh, I'm willing to let that pass, uh, for the moment, especially when you think about basically in the 11th hour, Robert Cooper had to rewrite the episode. Oh I yeah. I don't true. know for sure if it was yeah. the 11th hour or not, but he did have to rewrite the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, So, uh, what were some of your favorite moments?
0: Well, so, um... The, uh... Uh... Sorry, you, you, you. That was a, that's a good question. That was a good that that was Zach. That was a great thing to pivot to 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 uh, to talk more. And I was about to launch into something else. <laughs> oh well, <laughs> no, if, it's if you, fine. Go, go, no, you it was go whatever direction you want to go. You no, it's fine it, it, because I was also just trying to sit here and see how, how I could bridge these two ideas together. And actually, I, I mean, th- there, there's a chance. And the reason is is because I was I was sitting here thinking about how um how purely episodic so much of the story elements were in this one in ways that are just a piece of cake to accept. So we have a very, very daunting battleship that is destroyed by the end of the episode, like introduced and destroyed by the end of the episode in a way that it's like, yep. Okay. Heroes win. Like, you know, it's not completely implausible. It's hilarious to me that it keeps happening like this, but whatever, like it's totally plausible. We have these devices which totally give them the upper hand, but for a pretty, pretty, okay reason they don't last they don't uh, their duration of of lasting is is very small Um, Mm -hmm. so you know we get we get one chance to actually do something with them when we realize we can do something with them and even then the the uh, the threats of the episode the climax of the episode is that they they fall apart at the most inconvenient time which again is a trope my favorite word but it's still you know it's still plausible in the in the suspended disbelief aspect so you know it's fun um so much about this episode was nice and tidy uh you know like it's not like the actions uh or uh choices or story points um were trivial Uh, and not in the bad way of like, I don't think I'm ever going to see this ever again type of a thing, but more along the lines of like, yeah, like, you know, this is, this one feels, uh, not realistic, but you know, like in that suspended disbelief moment, it's, it's totally doable. Like this is a, this is a 40 minute television show and this is what happens. Um, it was, it was quite nice. Uh, you know, having, uh, having some interaction with the characters in a setting, not in the base, having them be a little bit silly, having them act, Uh, You know, I'm really loving these episodes where the characters are required to or, you know, the actors are required to get the characters out of their normal mold a little bit Mm -hmm, or mm -hmm. in an exaggerated aspect of their mold a little bit. Uh, One thing that was crossing my mind earlier was that um, uh, we haven't seen Daniel struggle with allergies recently, have we? Like, um, basically not at all since yeah. the very beginning. Yeah. 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 I was just thinking to myself about how like these things, like, uh, I think that Fraser was saying that, uh, that, th- that they need sort of a virus interface in order for this enhanced metabolism aspect to take place. And it just got me thinking about immune systems, which made me think of Daniel Jackson's hyperactive immune system, right? When he collapses first, my first thought was, right, his immune system is kind of over the top because of his or aller- Wait a minute. I haven't seen him <laughs> sneeze into a Kleenex in a long time. <coughs> so, uh, but to your original question of like, what were my more favorite moments? Um, I, hard to say, uh, you know, like the thing, Um, this episode feels like one of those episodes, which I might kind of struggle to remember details of later, but on the other hand, if I see it like playing or, or, you know, if we pull it up or, you know, if I see a clip from it, I'll be like, right, this episode, the bar scene was great. Um, or, you know, like, you know. It was so much fun to watch them zip through like 14 Gould while they were just sitting there like, you know, with their fingers up their noses. Uh, (laughs) You know, there's parts about it that are that are just delightful. Uh, And, you know, and I had a good time with it. Uh, Was there any one part that was particularly good? The scene in, you know, between uh, uh, Jack O'Neill and George Hammond in the office where he exit where, where, you know, where O'Neill kicks the corner and breaks the wall. And, you know, you just say the word and we'll go. Just say it. Did you say it yet? We could just say if you say it, we're gone. You know, you know that 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 hyperactivity was fun. Uh, You know, Daniel's like blowing through the handwritten notes of uh, Mm. is it Anise's handwritten notes or somebody's handwritten notes? Right, Anise. To uh, you know to come up with a you know to come up with a with a with a revelation is totally Deus ex machina, and also again in that suspended disbelief, totally plausible. You know, also fun to see him uh, running around without his glasses on because he doesn't need them. He's enhanced right now. Oh, there were... Speaking of enhanced, uh, this is a family show, so I can't make those jokes. But there were a couple of moments where I was like, are they going to go into any direction where, you know, you totally could make a joke? And now nah, they didn't. So uh, <clears throat> we'll just leave it at that. Yep. Yep. Uh Yeah. So... I don't know. I just had a good time with it. Were there things about this particular episode for you that were just like fantastic? Like you're like, this is one of my more favorite moments of Stargate.
1: Um. Well, honestly, the probably my my favorite moment would be what that the we talked about it, the Hammond O'Neill yeah. exchange. I also really enjoyed that moment when uh, the armband hasn't quite kicked on for uh for Jackson and O'Neill is talking to them and. You know, Neil just reads through the book yes. really, really fast. And and then you, you see Daniel just just salivating at that. He wants that ability. And yes. he's like.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> so what oh, did Hobbes say it. was the downfall of civilization? Eh, something about what? agriculture, you know, like I can't remember the line, but, oh, you know, it yeah. was great. It was well delivered, too. Yeah. Yeah. They,
1: they, they, their, their farms broke.
0: <laughs> yes. Oh, so good. So good. Yeah.
1: Yeah, this is just a, uh, I, I think it's a fun episode. Um, the, the slow descent into madness. Uh, one more trivia I could toss out here mm, um, mm-hmm. for you. Uh, the armbands cost like $1,000 a piece to make because they have all these really? working parts. And, and, oh. And, and, and I don't know if it was them. It, it, was, it was a lot. It was a lot. Gotcha. And uh, they never worked quite right. They couldn't get them to stay on the actor's. Very well. Um, <laughs> they they kept <laughs> falling off it and, and you know, so the actors would have to like hold them on at sure. times
0: <laughs> while while you know, while staring at them in awe. Wow, this yep. thing's amazing. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Little television yep. magic there for you. Yep. They did a good job with it. This show is really gelling. Like it it's it's now, you know, we're getting to a spot where I can watch the actors portray the characters in a way that's a little bit different or a little bit enhanced and the joke plays on itself right or the enjoyment plays on itself it's uh we're getting that uh we're getting that recursive uh that that recursive understanding situation that happens in television shows where you're able to tell a story in a way and have the actors act it out in a way that if a person is watching it from the start is going to be uh per- like exponentially more enjoyable than if somebody's just coming in cold yeah, uh, and so yeah. that's a lot of fun to watch see to see happen. And this episode feels like one of those moments for sure.
1: Yeah, I I would say that season four is is probably uh, that moment. Uh, it, it's it's the height of where they have been so far. I mean, mm-hmm. Everything it really just leans up into season four, and and you get some of the best episodes of Stargate uh, in this season. Um, and I would say. Uh, I don't know how exactly I would uh, uh, demark the, the, uh, the future seasons and where they go up and down, uh, but this is one of those high spots in the whole good. series. Yeah, uh, awesome. So we're getting, we're getting some good episodes here and just great storytelling, and, and the cast has gelled and they fit together, and, and uh, yeah, this is good. This is good. Superb. All right, Brent. Yeah. I think we've chewed on this one. Uh, we don't have anything more, much more to say, I don't think. So I, I will ask yeah, you good. the question that I ask you at the appropriate time of the podcast every <laughs> every week. How many chevrons out of seven does upgrades get?
0: This one's pretty straightforward. It's a lot of fun. It wasn't a life changer. It did not, importantly, it did not reach into that level of just pure maddening or no madness that I tend to get into where I where I watch something and it it doesn't deserve all the chevrons, but I give it to it anyway. Uh but um, you know, um I'm feeling good about this one. I'm gonna give it six out of seven. Uh that pause was between a five and a six. Uh the reason why it was even in the five zone was because, you know, I mean it definitely is um I hesitate to use the word predictable, but it, it you know, like it, it, definitely followed a a a path that is well worn, uh, but they just did a good job with it, and so it was it was fun to watch, it was fun to watch this version of that story, and and I had a good time with it. Like I said, I didn't even I I, I completely forgot about the production of it, which to me is always a mark of a good story, at least me enjoying a story. So yeah, right six, six cool. Um,
1: as I think about this episode, I enjoy it. Uh, I was trying to figure out what I wanted to give it, and yeah. I think that uh, you know I'm I'm also with you. I was kind of waffling between five and six, and I'm actually going to go with a five. Sure, um, because you know one of the things that really jettisons it up to you know or tosses it up to that six or, or higher level um, are those great conversations that we have as a result of this, uh, or
0: just good point, just
1: wonderful whatevers, um, you know, and and this just it. It jumps up to that, that five level for me and it just kind of sits there and it trucks yeah. along and it keeps going and it doesn't dip in there, doesn't do anything stupid to, to fall off the wagon. <laughs> uh, you know, it just keeps going. Uh, nor does it also just, you know, fly off a cool ramp and land awesomely. It just <laughs> keeps going. So I'm yeah. going to give this a five. Yeah.
0: That is a All sensible right. rating. Yeah.
1: And we do have some predictions.
0: Yes. All right, here we go. I love predictions.
1: So, uh Nick on Facebook. Hey Nick. Uh I believe Nick is is the one who made our most recent uh uh review, so thank you very much Nick Ooh. for that. Uh sends a picture of of uh, a boy who does not look pleased with whatever situation is before him. So uh, uh, Clearly, Nick doesn't feel wonderful about this episode. Um,
0: oh, uh, does he give us a, J- a number? Uh, he doesn't no, it just,
1: he doesn't have a number. Although, it's just a scowl? It's just kind of a scowl. It, 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 it's actually a great gif. You should look at it. He gives uh, it a JD scowl out of seven. Responds, he says yes to the character. My feeling every time she shows up that is to say uh, um, Freya or a niece yeah. kind of feels the same way so who's that uh, he thinks uh, we'll get a 5 from me and a right 4 from you oh. it's a decent episode but without any long term consequences says jd well
0: that's true that's very reasonable uh, that's very rational
1: Then let's see here. Nick responds, that seems generous on the chevrons. The character and other two-dimensional characters like her are in the series for a specific reason. Yeah. Okay. So they're thinking these characters are kind of uh, two-dimensional, Anise and such.
0: Oh, I Um, would completely agree with that for sure. Again, this is a moment where I feel like I'm enjoying, you know, I've got that perfectly buttered and salted popcorn right now. Right. Like I'm really enjoying it, but let's be clear here. (laughs) <laughs> it's it's popcorn. <laughs> it's popcorn.
1: All right, Let, let's, uh, let's turn to David's prediction here. Oh yes, and then we'll hi, go David. to we'll 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 oh, end I didn't on say R-0. hi to JD. Hi JD. Hi, uh, yep. hi JD. Yep. Hi, okay. R-0. Um. Next time on Mead Talk, Zach and Brent watch Stargate <laughs> SG1 upgrades. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we do like our Mead. I love mead. (laughs) Yes. So now, when predicting, I have to take into account the potential for a great discussion about an episode, even though I watched it by myself and didn't talk to anyone about it. Oh man, yeah, that's that's true. Okay, upgrades, superpowers with a price, and they're temporary, so no long term ramifications. I guess all that and the sexy Tokra too. We did not talk about the sexy Tokra. Eh, Um, But uh, this is a fun episode. And one I can rewatch. Question for discussion: Would you accept the side effects for these superpowers? My answer is yes. Plus, we already saw it's temporary, so hook me up. There's a question we oh, yeah. could have dug into.
0: Uh, yeah, I will. I really? will absolutely admit that if that were a possibility, with you know, and from all from what we can tell, there are no deep consequences. I mean, there could be, but you know, they didn't show up on the show. Right. Uh, sure. Why not? <laughs> Try yeah. Actually, some stuff done. you
1: know, um, you know, to have. Uh, I don't know, let's say a week. It's hard to say exactly how much right. time went, went by. But let's right. say, you know, for, for you to build up antibodies to a virus usually takes about a week to 14 days. Uh, sure. It strikes me as faster for this in this episode. But, you know, yeah, 14 days a week of superpowers to get some stuff done.
0: Although, although, although we would be getting stuff done uh, we would be getting things that were bad decisions done. (laughs) Things would get done, but they would be bad decisions. (laughs) Well, but
1: you know, know, the idea of catching up on the reading that one has to do, um, you know, that, that's not going to change a whole lot. Writing, writing the book, you would have to reread that and edit it, uh, to make sure that you didn't make it too many mistakes. Um,
0: or write a limerick with the first letter of every line for the whole book.
1: Ooh, there you go. Anyway, okay. I, I cut you off. Yep, so David continues. Uh, These armbands should be saved and used with other SG teams when there is a possible dangerous mission upcoming. Unfortunately, Ooh. they leave them all behind on the planet. Uh, there's always going to be a new recruit to give temporary superpowers to. Yeah, you know, there, there's something to that. There's Brett something to says, that. says, silly premise, over-the-top action, good discussion, possibly six chevrons. Zach yes. gets six and a half chevrons for much mm. the same reasons. Plus X, plus five bump. <laughs> <laughs> plus 0.5 bump. <laughs>
0: you yes. That that, that 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 there is a bit of a pattern there.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <sighs> I, I I am. Striving, dear listeners, to to keep my ratings at a a whole number.
0: You don't have of the to point five.
1: I know. I'm doing that because when the time comes that I need that point five, mm. then it's there to use. Gotcha. But I don't want to use it willy nilly.
0: Mm. See, I'm just a principled jerk. I'm sticking to whole numbers just because I, I I think I might have given one partial rating, but like,
1: uh, you you gave something a six point seven five, I think. Six
0: point seven five. That sounds so like me. <laughs> yep.
1: yeah uh so that is david uh we do have one more prediction from arnacht Arnacht. let's see what arnacht says upgrades is fun but that's about it it's a fairly standard reset trope uh the powerful universe breaking item breaks or stops working or has a critical breakdown in this case two of the above so now the heroes have to go back to fighting the normal way Unlike the previous episode, however, this story arc has little in the way of moral dilemmas except for the possible discussion of performance-enhancing substances with drawbacks like the use of methamphetamines mentioned in the last episode. Mm -hmm. I predict five chevrons from both of them.
0: Very close. Very close. Very close. And as I said Uh, before, I was waffling between five and six.
1: Yep. So, uh, David hit your prediction... Yep. And well done, Arnott David. hit my prediction.
0: Yep. Well done, Arnott.
1: And uh, so well, there we go. Yeah. Uh, we've only once had one episode where somebody actually nailed both of us at the same time.
0: Um, I would choose to phrase that differently, but yeah, that's fine. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think
1: the phrase I'm looking for is moving on
0: so uh so zach um uh surely the show continues, doesn't it?
1: The show does continue. there is uh-huh. another episode that 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 takes place after this episode, uh-huh, and uh I think that we should. Perhaps just move on and watch that promo for the next episode. Although, okay, uh, before we watch the promo,
0: um, no, I got to do. See, my, I you got me my all thing. flustered. Yeah, you gotta do your thing. I got to do my so, thing. Don't rob me of my thing, dude. Yeah, I, I don't want. So what? Uh, so I'm not going there. <laughs> Zach, just yeah. give me the name of the episode. <laughs> Crossroads. It's Crossroads. Crossroads. <laughs> Save us. <laughs> Oh, uh, crossroads. Okay. Um, okay. <clears throat> <clears throat> Next time on Stargate SG-1, the Stargate team... Tra- I screwed this thing up that night. Next time on Stargate SG-1, the SG-1 team travel through the gate to find themselves on a strange world. They find themselves in Indiana. Yes, the state. That, that is a strange world. Okay. The state that is the crossroad of America see now that can't work uh, see, now now I'm also flustered <laughs> like, <laughs> making matters worse uh, th- there is uh, okay now let's let's do let's do it in universe okay making matters worse there is a strip club in northern Michigan named crossroads <laughs> which makes the previous conversation that Zach and Brent were just having strangely different somehow brought together in a way that doesn't in an embarrassing way this is this is totally falling apart <laughs> so,
1: I think the, the word we're looking for is
0: moving on moving along okay so all right what could Crossroads <laughs> be about so it's gonna be an episode where the SG-1 team is put uh, in a moral quandary. Let's do that, where they have a tough decision to make, and there is no right answer. So they think that's what I think Crossroads is about. What do you? What? Okay. You, so, how how'd I do?
1: Um, <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll <laughs> why did we'll I even that, ask that? Uh, <laughs> that uh, there, there's some. Why don't we just watch the promo and then
0: we'll talk? Okay, that sounds like a good idea.
1: Okay. Are you ready? Yes, I am. I will hit go now. Next time on Stargate SG-1.
0: Okay, Who's that? Uh
1: Uh-oh. A mysterious visitor from fields past comes with a message. Oh.
0: You must take me to the Tok'ra immediately. We don't like the Tok'ra. I have information that could destroy the (gasps) Goa'uld. Ooh. I have
1: found a way to communicate with my symbiote. I have convinced it that the Gua'uld are evil, that its own
0: desires for power and domination are wrong. Okay. It is willing to join the Tok'ra and reveal all Goa'uld secrets to them. Very few
1: Gua'uld came over to our side. Oh hey! She's back already! Yes. But is everything as it seems, or has time run out? <sighs> It's all next time on Stargate SG One. Oh SD1. no! Oh.
0: oh goodness. Okay, that's not. Well, I mean, I don't know. There might be a moral quandary in there, and uh, well, we're not going to talk about we're not going to talk about Indiana or strip clubs. We're just going to leave that alone.
1: There, Indiana does not play a role in this episode. I will grant you okay. that one right now. Okay, so yeah, no, know. no Indiana in this episode. Um, You're not saying Colorado, strip clubs. yeah, sure, but Indiana, no. Uh, strip clubs? No, no strip okay. clubs either. Okay.
0: Okay. All right. All right. Then I feel that uh, like we are we 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 have our path laid out in front of us.
1: But we do have sexy Tokra back apparently.
0: Uh, yeah, you know we got two of. Well, we got one sexy Tokra and we got one sexy Jaffa.
1: There you go. Who? Well, no, we don't. Hey,
0: Zach, we got two oh. sexy Jaffa. Two sexy oh. Jaffa, Right. All right.
1: So. <laughs> Uh, give a special thanks now to David for yes. the promo. Uh, thank you very much for that. Uh, we'll get that up online sometime in the next week or so. Yeah. Um, thank you very much for listening. Uh, tell us what you think about this episode. <laughs> tell us where we <laughs> got it right. Tell us where we got it wrong. Uh, talk and to tell us, us about how that ending. Powers.
0: Just uh, the uh, way we ended this episode just just, we just buried it. <laughs> we just buried it into the ground.
1: <laughs> I'm, trying, I'm trying to resurrect it. I'm oh, trying... just, just,
0: just bring us on in. Just, just, just have a, just a nice gentle landing. Here we go.
1: Okay. All right. So if you could have superpowers for a week with the uh, downsides of bad decision making and you know, super hungry,
0: would you take it? <laughs> would you?
1: Uh, what would you do with it? And uh, how would we as a society operate if, if we had these armbands around? Tell us what you think. Go to Facebook. Jeez, have a conversation. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, Twitter is good for this. You know, share your GIFs and your GIFs and and, and, and all of those things. And, yes. And, uh, you know, your opinions and, and such. Um, email us. All of those things. Yes. And until it's next good stuff. time. Yes. I'm Zach. And I'm Brent. And this has been Walking Through the Stargate. See you next time.
0: Bye. (laughs) Oh, boy. Leave me breathless. Carter, dial it up. Get these people home.